1: Happy Monday, welcome back to The Liz Wheeler Show. If you guys haven't subscribed already, would you go ahead and do that? Go to Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, go to youtube.com slash Liz Wheeler, rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler, whatever your platform of choice is, and hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss a single episode of our show. So I gotta tell you guys, I'm not huge on corporate boycotts, and I never have been, I was thinking about this today because I'm making an exception to my rule. I think we should boycott a certain corporation, but historically I've been kind of opposed to it when conservatives have boycotted, and I'll tell you why. This goes back like a decade and a half ago when I first started getting into political activism, and you guys are gonna laugh at me, but uh, I used to shop often at Kohl's very fashionable clothes for a teenager there in my heyday. I used to shop at Kohl's a lot and Kohl's started, the corporation started donating to Planned Parenthood just like undercover. And this was like the first clue that we that a lot of us had that some of these corporations were really bought into wokeism. And there were some conservatives who even made a list at the time, I forget who what which group did this, but they made a list at the time of corporations where it was safe to shop or stores where it was safe to shop. Target was not one of them, Kohl's was not one of them, and I remember there were some conservatives who said, I'm not going to shop at Kohl's anymore because they, the corporate Kohl's donates kind of undercover to Planned Parenthood, and I remember thinking to myself at that time, I am never going to do that. I am never going to boycott Kohl's because indirectly they donate to Planned Parenthood, and this is coming from someone who the first the first time or the first thing that I did to dip my toe into political activism was to do pro-life activism. Pro-life activism was, was I mean, it still is one of the things I'm the most passionate about, but it was the thing that I did in late high school and early college. And even that, being passionately and entirely pro-life, I was like, well, I'm not gonna do that because, this was my justification, the amount of time that I would have to invest to boycott Kohl's, meaning everything that I got at Kohl's, whether it was jewelry or shoes or clothes, or boots, or whatever it was, I would have to find from some other store, which means it would take me a long time to figure out which sizes and which brands fit, and it would be a, it would be a time investment to give up Kohl's. And I thought to myself, the opportunity cost of doing that is not worth not worth it if I spend the amount of time that I could have spent, um, that I or I would have spent had I boycotted Kohl's. Doing direct pro life af- pro-life activism that is more damaging to Planned Parenthood's mission than me boycotting Coles because they donate indirectly or because they donate the corporate the corporate aspect of it donates to Planned Parenthood. So that long journey down memory lane is why I one of the reasons why I've never been a huge fan of corporate boycotts. I usually think that we have uh, more impact if we do direct activism than if we say, well, you know what, I'm not going to shop at. I'm not gonna shop at Target because of X, Y, Z. However, I'm breaking my rule today. This has finally crossed the line for me and I think we should, in fact, boycott this. Bud Lights, Budweiser, has announced their new spokesperson and it's Dylan Mulvaney.
0: Hi, impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So, I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness and I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports and I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money too. Love ya. Cheers. Go team. Whatever team you love, I love too. Okay. Love ya. Okay. Break
1: a leg. Okay, first of all, even besides the ideology that Dylan Mulvaney is pushing, I find Dylan Mulvaney to be one of the most annoying people on planet Earth. I do not understand how he has gained over 10 million followers on TikTok and almost 2 million followers on Instagram. The most annoying person on the face of this Earth. But as you can see, Dylan Mulvaney, this quote-unquote transgender individual, there's no such thing as a transgender person. There's either a man or a woman. But Dylan Mulvaney was born a man and now dresses like a woman had surgery to make his face look more like a woman, but really just a little bit more like Bruce Jenner, not, not, not really like a real woman here. Dylan Mulvaney is the spokesperson for Budweiser, and they sent a can of beer to his house with his face on it. He showed it on that video. We can show it again on the screen here. And I gotta tell you, I saw this, and this is just beyond the pale to me. Beyond the pale to me, they are honoring Budweiser. Bud Light is honoring Dylan Mulvaney as if Dylan Mulvaney is a woman. Dylan Mulvaney has done nothing that women do. Dylan Mulvaney has made TikTok videos for 365 days talking about having emotional breakdowns and sending emails and wearing lipstick and prancing around fields in sports bras and high heels. No woman that I know does that. And yet Budweiser chooses to honor Dylan Mulvaney as a woman Budweiser, how about you send a beer to a woman who has birthed five children and is raising them, who runs her own business and cooks and cleans and cares for her family and doesn't get enough sleep and doesn't have time to put on makeup and get all dolled up as often as she would like because she's sacrificially taking care of her family, her husband and her children. How about you honor a woman like that? A real woman, instead of this man who wears eyeshadow and got plastic surgery and prances around pretending that he's a woman. I cannot with Budweiser. I cannot with Bud Light. I told my husband about this and he was like, yep, we're done. No more Budweiser, no more Bud Light. This is, this is why I'm breaking my rule. This is why my old opinion on corporate boycotts doesn't apply to this anymore. Because this is a fundamental threat to our society. This is one of the questions that I want to talk about with you today, because in the wake of the Nashville shooting that was carried out by that transgender maniac, there have been a lot of transgender activists who have said, well, why do you care? Why do you conservatives care? Why do you care if people are transgender? Why do you care if people have surgery? Why do you care about this? Why are you trying to ban this? And I think it's very, very important that we answer that question directly. So I have a simply horrible video to show you in just a second of another transgender activist violently assaulting uh, someone who is speaking up for reality. And I wanna take a minute and answer that question, why we as conservatives, why we must care about this issue. So let's get to it. Okay, so we're gonna answer that question. Why should conservatives care? Why is this so important to, for example, constantly be talking about Dylan Mulvaney on this show? It's not that we just wanna talk about this guy. It's not that we wanna watch his videos. He's super annoying. I'd prefer if I never had to see another video of Dylan Mulvaney for the rest of my life, but we have to watch it. We have to analyze it. We have to talk about it and we have to care because Billboard Chris, you guys probably remember Billboard Chris. I interviewed him. We talked to him on this show a couple months ago, I want to say maybe three, four months ago, we talked to Billboard Chris. We did a long form interview. It was before Billboard Chris had gained the prominence that he has now. But like his name suggests, Billboard Chris is the guy that goes around to, he stands outside sometimes hospitals that do transition surgeries, transgender surgeries. He stands outside gender clinics. He stands in Um, political areas, so he stood outside the Supreme Court once. He goes to state capitals when the state legislatures are debating bills that would ban transgender surgeries or puberty-blocking hormones or cross-sex hormones. And he went to the Trans Day of Visibility wearing a big sandwich board, a big sandwich board on the front. And his sandwich board usually says uh, men cannot be women. Sometimes it says a father is someone who protects their children from transgender ideology. He says the basic science. His billboard always has a text. It's not, it's not incendiary text. It's just text that that makes a proposition, like puberty-blocking drugs are dangerous for children. And he sparks conversations with people. He's, ta- he's he, he, We talked about this when I had him on the show. He talked about all the amazing conversations he's had with people who didn't know that the puberty-blocking pharmaceutical drugs that the left presents as just being a pause on puberty are actually drugs that are not FDA-approved for young children, not fda approved for gender dysphoria, and they're actually the same drug that's used to chemically castrate convicted sex offenders in some states. People don't know that, and he's sparked amazing conversations with people. He's also been met with violent transgender activists, as he was this weekend when he went to Canada. He's from Canada, by the way, although he travels the United States as well. When he went to Canada's Trans Day of Visibility rally, he stood on the outskirts of this rally, it was kind of, it looked like it was in a um, a, a field, a park in the middle of the town. He wore his his sandwich board and he got violently assaulted twice. The first time he was violently assaulted, a radical transgender activist came up and punched him in the face and gave him a bloody nose. I will spare you that video because you know, there's blood. The second time he's assaulted by um, a man who identifies as a woman, but just wait till you hear this individual's, voice, and wait until you see the strength of this hulking man who is pretending that he is a woman. Take a look at this.
0: Uh, why Why do you think that they're, they're getting that kind of representation? I mean, it's uh, clearly was uh, aggressive violence. You
1: suck. You suck.
3: you. Suck. F- you. F- you, you're not wanted. F- you. You're,
2: you're a f- an idiot. You're
3: a f- idiot. I don't know what to say. F- These police f- f- are you. mostly indoctrinated hey, as well.
2: Here, they're uh, afraid I of the mob. That? Because you're a f- you idiot. Then. I afraid
3: you they you do anything to, 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 to keep you law and you you. order, you, you they'll so you, you, be the end you you, of this abuse, saying, so, so it's you, cowardice from you, everybody you, all around.
0: They'll probably want to How do you keep your f***ing do you! keep you! you!
1: For those of you just listening to this now, the transgender activists are converging around Billboard Chris. He's wearing a sandwich board that says "Children cannot consent." They grabbed him by the throat and threw him to the ground. They were—we blipped it all out so you couldn't hear exactly what they were saying. But they're saying "F you" to him as they got right up in his face. He was doing a media interview. As you can see, his sandwich board says "Children cannot consent," meaning they cannot give their consent to hormonal transition and surgical transition and that big, hulking dude with the blonde hair and earrings and lipstick attacked, violently assaulted Billboard Chris. He texted me right after this happened because I would sent him a text, and I was like, are you okay? This looks pretty bad. I mean, he had a bloody nose first, and he was like, yeah, I'm okay, but the police response to this, he said, was unreal. You could see in that video, in the background, there were police standing by, and when I say standing by, I mean literally standing by. They had their hands in their pockets, they were just kind of observing what was going on. They could see, that these, trans, these radical, angry, hulking transgender activists were getting right up in Billboard Chris's face, but they didn't do anything about it. In fact, Billboard Chris was violently hurled to the ground before police did anything, and even then they just handed the transgender activist back his purse. They did not arrest him, they did not question him, they did absolutely nothing about that. Billboard Chris has been violently assaulted twice by radical transgender activists. The first time he was punched in the face, it gave him a bloody nose. The second time, this hulking transgender dude, dude who identifies as transgender, grabs him by the neck and throws him to the ground in the middle of this this froth, this crowd, this frothing at the mouth. Police did nothing to protect Billboard Chris, and he goes up and asks the police officers, like, hey, what's going on here? And their reaction is quite, quite shocking. shocking. Take a look.
3: Listen, I, I love the police. My brother's a police officer. I respect law and order. I respect our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And I'm not trying to be a jerk to you earlier today. I don't think a lot of you understand what I'm actually representing right on, Mr. Thank you so and the seriousness much for being here. of this situation. But it is what it is, I guess. I just, this is Canada and people shouldn't be allowed to assault people without consequence, you know?
1: But the thing is, right, um, when we get into people's faces and Mm -hmm. they get into our faces, it doesn't really matter who does the first push. It's considered a consensual fight, and maybe that's something you should...
3: I didn't... No, no, you... That's... I didn't get into people's faces. I was here for... You
0: you weren't... You weren't here.
3: You weren't even here. I was... I I came and walked... I came came over to your car... Yes,
1: that first time, but the second time... They
3: the surrounded. second
1: time what? You were pushed on the ground.
3: Are you kidding me? I'd walk we I'd been walking away from them. Yeah,
1: and they surrounded. To
3: do an interview with him. They came close. I walked away okay. again to do the interview with him.
0: They surrounded ask your brother what a consensual fight. <laughs> <it> was, <right?
3: laughs> oh my gosh. This is unbelievable. I've walked away from them three times. They were surrounding me. You all were doing nothing. A man oh, yelled at you? my a man yelled me? in my ear from inches away and i tried to get out of this situation where they're surrounding me while you guys do nothing and i immediately get punched in the face and you're blaming me? And whoever punched you should be charged. Are you kidding me right now? Punched in the face. Yeah. This is no, this is totally surreal. Oh. I cannot believe what i'm hearing. It's all your amazing. <laughs> it's surreal. Amazing. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Totally amazing. Do you even know what, what, like, why are you behaving like this? Do you think I'm evil or something for having this position? Like, what's your problem? Yeah. You're trying to, now you're trying to insinuate that that was a mutual thing. Like, my gosh, mutual thing. I'd walked away from the crowd three times. They kept following me. Then they surrounded me from all sides, started yelling in my ear from inches away while you all did nothing. And then when I can't even get out of that surrounding and I get punched in the face, I get pulled you're telling me that's a mutual engagement? Yes, it is. <laughs> well, you have incredible. Right. You have
0: the right not to be here
3: either, It's incredible. I right? know so. I have the right to be here.
0: Yep. Yeah, yes, you do. You
3: do have you read this thing called the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? Yes, I have. Have you? Yes, I you have. You should go home and read it again. Well, on-
1: Unreal. So you saw in that first video what Billboard Chris was doing when he was violently assaulted. He was doing a media interview. He was standing face to with face with a reporter who happened to be on his side, right? So this wasn't a contentious interview, happened to share his viewpoints. Billboard Chris was giving this interview and transgender activists deliberately came over and got in his face. This was not an, a mutual conflict. This was not a mutually agreed upon fight. And this police officer said, it really doesn't matter who gives the first push. Uh, I think it does. I think that's critically important in a violent assault. Who is the assailant and who is the victim? Unreal, unreal. Now this is Canada, this is not the United States, but let me tell you, Canada is where some of this stuff started happening first. Where wokeism, they became a little, they caved a little bit more to wokeism in Canada first. They started making hate speech laws in Canada before that started encroaching on our right to free speech here in the United States. It happens first in Canada, and this is what we see. This is what we should look for. This is, not to use a cliche phrase, but this is the canary in the coal mine. How Canada reacts to this is soon how the United States is going to react to this. And this police officer is excusing violent transgender activists who brutally assaulted Billboard Chris, and the police were standing right there. And they did nothing. Now, the Vancouver police eventually issued a response, not this particular police officer, the woman that you heard in this video, but the Vancouver police eventually released a response. I wanna read you their response. It's a a little bit better than the police officer's response, response, but still quite tepid. They say, we have launched an investigation into an incident that occurred at yesterday's trans rights rally at Grandview Park. We support everyone's right to peacefully assemble and protest, but we will also hold people accountable for acts of violence and criminal criminal behavior. So here's what I will say to that. Right, those are very pretty words. That's the correct viewpoint to take, now act on it. I'll believe this when I see it. I'll believe that the police are pursuing justice when I see that they don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. After a police officer told Billboard Chris that you know you didn't have to be here if you didn't wanna be treated this way. That's essentially what she said. You have a right not to be here. Yes, but he has a right to be there And his right to be there also includes the right not to be violently assaulted by a radical transgender activist. This is what I was talking about last week when I said this is queer theory. These these, these radical transgender activists, a better way of describing them instead of saying radical transgender activists would be trans-TIFA. This is Antifa. The thuggery of Antifa combined with the ideology of queer theory, the transgender ideology, they are trans-TIFA. And their goal is largely the same. The goal of queer theory is not equality. It's not tolerance. It's it's nothing of the kind. The goal of the transgender ideology, which is just the outgrowth of queer theory, is to destabilize our society. The goal of queer theory is a Marxist revolution. The goal of queer theory is to divide society into two different factions. The faction that is labeled as oppressors and the faction that is labeled as the marginalized or the oppressed. In queer theory, these two groups are supposed to be the transgender people. The LGBTQ plus people are the oppressed people. They're the marginalized people. And their oppressors are white, male, cisgender Christians. And so queer theory is agitating for a violent confrontation between transgender, queer people, and white, male, cisgender Christians. We are seeing this play out before our very eyes, and if we allow the left to, A, ignore the fact that the Nashville shooter was a woman who was probably on testosterone, but certainly identified as transgender, if we allow the left to relegate these multiple instances of transgender people committing violence in the name of their ideology as just lunatics that don't represent the movement, if we allow them to hide this narrative, it's just gonna get worse, just like Antifa did. When, when we were told by the left that Antifa isn't real, Antifa is just an ideology, that's what a member of Congress told us, a Democrat member of Congress told us, what happened? Well, this quote-unquote idea that wasn't real actually set up in the Pacific Northwest, they seceded from the United States, they set up their own autonomous zone with their, their own rules of anarchy, outside of the US rule of law and there was sexual assault there was there was murder there was it, it was an absolute garbage heap it was anarchy it was horrible and we predicted it and the left told us that it wasn't real that's what's happening here that's what's happening queer theory has not just been indoctrinating youth we've been so focused on protecting children from the the psychological and physical harm of the transgender ideology we don't want them to be confused about whether you can be a boy if you're a girl, and whether you can be a girl if you're a boy. We don't want them to be physically harmed from the puberty-blocking pharmaceuticals, the cross-sex hormones, or God forbid, the surgeries, that we have neglected to recognize that it's not just these children as individuals that need to be protected. We do need to protect them, but it's also society at large because queer theory is a violent, neo-Marxist, revolutionary ideology. What we are seeing right now is queer theory and transgender activists showing their true colors. This is what transgenderism is. It's violent. It's revolutionary, and it's Marxist. It's why it's trans-tifa. It's trans-tifa. And speaking of colors, I'm not trying to make a bad pun here. The transgender flag is light pink, light blue, and white. You've seen it. You've, you've seen it, unfortunately, hung up at capitals and in, in, in legislatures. You've seen it displayed by government buildings. You see it in almost every storefront now. They have their little badge of virtue signaling telling us that they're not just gay friendly, but that they also um, they also stand for this transgender ideology. And that flag it stands for an ideology that's horrible and violent and revolutionary and Marxist. When I say the transgender ideology is showing its true colors, I'm not trying to make a bad pun. I do Appreciate the pun here. It's a great transition, this part of the show. But the transgender flag is light blue, it's light pink and white, striped. We've all seen this flag. The, the people or the person behind this, the design of this transgender flag is a man by the name of Robert Hogue or Robert Hogge, H-O-G-G-E, who now identifies as a woman by the name of Monica Helms. But Robert Hogue is not just delusional because he's a man who thinks he's a woman. He's an absolute certifiable creep and most likely a pedophile. At least I'll couch this, he displays sympathies and appetites that would indicate that he's interested in young children sexually. Robert Hogue has written short stories about children whose bodies don't age as they age, which is an outlet for sexual fantasy towards children. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. I'm not even gonna read you any of it because it's so disturbing. When Robert was a child, he stole his mother's underwear and wore it. His mother's underwear and wore it because he thought it was exciting. This is clearly a man who has demented paraphilias. Paraphilias are persistent sexual interests in things that are abnormal. Robert Hogue is the perfect description. If there was a if there was a picture next to the definition of paraphilia, it would be Robert Hogue. This guy is an absolute creep. Um, he had he was married. He had children of his own, but when his wife didn't like that he dressed up like a woman and was spending all of their money on his trans habit, she divorced him, and he left all of his children. He abandoned all of his children to quote unquote live authentically as a woman at his job. He made his female coworkers feel uncomfortable because he wore such short revealing dresses and used the women's locker room. He also likes to go to clubs where he watches other people having sex through the glass windows. This is a creepo, a sicko, like an absolute pervert. This is the guy that designed the trans flag. This is the guy, this is, this is the ideology behind the trans flag, right? It's a, it's a combination of paraphilia and pedophilia and Marxism. It's like if you took the, the, the three most disgusting, demonic ideologies that you could possibly think of and put them all in one, one flag, you would get the trans flag. Disgusting, demonic ideology. So that brings us, of course, to this original question of well, why do conservatives care, right? If, if, if a grown man like this Robert Hogue guy wants to live as a total creep, as long as he's not touching children, why, why can't we let him do that? Why do we care? Why do we have to put up a fuss? Why do we have to ban these things if people want to do it? And I'll tell you why. This is a question that we should answer. Why do we care about the transgender ideology? There's four reasons why. First of all, we care about the transgender ideology. We care about debunking it because we care about truth. We care about reality. And the reality is that men cannot be women and women cannot be men. The reality is that you cannot simply choose what gender you identify with. The reality is that you are either born a man because of your body and your DNA and your brain, or you're born a woman for the same reasons. The reality is that your gender is not on a spectrum, that you don't get to choose your pronouns. The reality is that the transgender agenda is anti-scientific and anti-reality. And we, as the American people, we have to care about truth. We have to care about reality. If we don't, then we don't have a society because society has to be based on a shared reality. And in this case, it should be easy because it's objective truth. It's not just values and opinions. The second reason that we care about the transgender ideology is because we care about people who identify as transgender. We care about people who are suffering from gender disorders. We care about people. We even care about people who are suffering from paraphilias. We want them to get help. We want them to be the healthy people made in God's image that God intended them to be. We want them to address the trauma that underlies their gender dysphoria. We want them to get counseling. We want them to be healthy, functional people. We don't want to see them go down this path of having their delusions indulged, going on harmful pharmaceutical drugs and then cross-sex hormones, and then mutilating their beautiful bodies by doing something that's not even curative for the mental health issue that they were struggling with in the first place. We care about these people. We can't let this happen to them. We also care about the transgender ideology because we care about women, and women are hurt by the transgender ideology. Women are ignored, women are obliterated, women's achievements are being destroyed. You can look at any example of this. You can look at the NCAA Women's Swimming Championship when, where a biological male with fully intact male genitalia who had competed the previous three years as a man won the women's category because suddenly, He identified as a woman. You can look at Dylan Mulvaney and getting the sponsorship for Budweiser. What woman, some real woman, was deprived of this economic opportunity because Dylan Mulvaney, a man, is pretending to be a woman and took that opportunity from her instead. Look at USA Today, naming these women of the year. That that begets opportunity as well, I would think. But biological men are taking these away from women. Women are being reduced to Nothing, biological women are being simply erased. There's no such thing as women's rights if there's transgenderism, because there's no such thing as being a woman inherently. We care about women. We have to care about the transgender ideology. We also care deeply about our nation. We care about the transgender ideology because the the transgender ideology is a fundamental threat to our nation. It's not just reality. It's not just science. It's not just women's rights. We care about the transgender ideology because the transgender ideology is queer theory. Queer theory is a violent, neo-Marxist, revolutionary ideology that tells LGBTQIA people that they are on the verge of being exterminated, that they are about to face genocide. They, this, this ideology sparks such fear in the hearts of queer people, such anger on purpose the ideology riles up queer people, makes them fear for their own lives so that they can exploit queer people and use them as the vanguard to start a Marxist revolution, make them so angry at straight white Christians that they'll attack them and assault them and start this revolution. And the people propagating queer theory, propagating the transgender ideology, don't care at all about queer people because in the the process, of not only transitioning them and indulging their delusions, but pushing them towards violence, transgender people are being harmed. Transgender people are dying. Transgender people are harming themselves, but transgender activists and queer theorists don't care about that because all they want is a Marxist revolution. They want to destroy our country. Of course conservatives must care about this. In fact, if you are a conservative or a Republican who doesn't care about this, then you don't understand the reality of the political enemy that we are facing in this country, and you should not be serving in office, you should not be serving in a position of leadership, you should be relegated to the sidelines so that someone who does understand what we're fighting can fight. And I have two examples that I wanna give here. The first is another Republican has thrown his hat into the ring to run for president in 2024. The former governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, yeah, maybe you never heard of him. Maybe you have. (laughs) He's not as prominent as some of the other candidates, has announced that he will join the Republican primary. But, and first of all, Asa Hutchinson doesn't stand a chance because he doesn't have universal name recognition. It's always funny, and we'll, we'll save this conversation for a different show, but this is something I think often, when presidential candidates who don't have universal name recognition, who aren't like young up-and-comers on their upward trajectory, when they announce for president, and I sit back and think, does this person really think that they have a chance to win the primary? Like, are they that delusional themselves that they sit here and think, oh, I can do this. I can beat Donald Trump. I can beat Ron DeSantis. I can, I can win this thing, even though no one knows who I am, I'm old, My I'm not that conservative, but yeah, by golly, I can do it. It's just, it's an interesting psychological and egotistical exploration, I think, to analyze why people think, because most people that run for president will not secure the nomination and, and actually run for president. They won't advance past the primary, the vast majority, only one person can win. So like, these people think it's them? Again, we'll, we'll save that for another show, but Asa Hutchinson definitely falls into that category. But the first thing that he did was call for President Trump to drop out of the primary. Take a listen to this.
2: You suggested recently that if Trump were to get indicted that he should drop out of the race. Do you believe that now that he's been indicted, should he drop out? Well, I do. First of all, the office is more important than any individual person. And so uh, for the sake of the office of the presidency, I do think that's too much of a sideshow and distraction. And he needs to be able to concentrate uh, on uh, his due process. And there is a presumption of innocence. But the second reason is throughout my eight years as governor and as a political leader, I've always said that uh, people don't have to step aside from public office if they're under investigation. But if it reaches the point of criminal charges that have to be answered, the office is always more important than a person. And he should step aside and no longer run. Well, he should, but at the same time, we know he's not. And there's not any constitutional requirement. And so uh, he's going to pursue, and I understand that, but I stated my principles and belief and how uh, I think it should be handled. But he's going to proceed on, and so uh, he's going to be a candidate. And I think ultimately the voters are gonna to have to decide this.
1: Okay, first of all, that's stupid. Again, <laughs> okay, not to not to verge into just plain political commentary here, although we have plenty of it on this guy. If you actually operated under the premise that Asa Hutchinson is suggesting, then all it would do is give Democrats incentive to levy false allegations at candidates and weaponize district attorneys, prosecutors, to bring charges against candidates just because it would force the candidate to step aside and quote, unquote, focus on due process. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. That, however, is not why I bring Asa Hutchinson up today, though. I bring him up because when he was governor, he's bragging about this eight years that he served as governor of Arkansas, He vetoed a bill that would have banned transgender surgeries for children. Banned them. The reason why, I'm going to read you this quote exactly, let me pull it up actually. He said, it's too extreme. He said, my own view is that this bill, which was passed by the Arkansas Senate 25 to 8, and then by the House 72 to 25, so wild majority in the Arkansas legislature, He said, my own personal view is that this is too extreme. It was too broad and did not grandfather in those young people who are currently under hormone treatment. He then, once this bill, by the way, became law because the legislature overrode his veto, he spoke directly to trans youth, quote unquote trans youth, and said, I'm sorry. He apologized to trans youth. This guy wants to be, this guy wants to be president of the United States. He wants to be the Republican nominee. I don't think so. I don't think so. He said, what's next, disciplining laws about parents disciplining their children? Yeah, actually we already have those on the books because we all universally acknowledge that parental rights, while nearly absolute, do not include the right to abuse your children. That includes transgender surgeries on children because it mutilates and abuses their bodies and they are not old enough to consent to that. But Asa Hutchinson, Asa Hutchinson says, no, that's too extreme and it's too broad and he apologized to youth. If you do not have an accurate idea of the reality of the political enemy that we're facing, if you cannot look at transgender activists and understand that transgender activists are the embodiment of queer theory, and queer theory is a violent neo-Marxist revolutionary ideology, then why on earth would anyone vote for you? Why should we vote for you? We are fighting back against something so inherently evil that you have to be able to to come to grips with what that is. You have to show us you have the courage to fight back against it. Otherwise, what on earth are you doing? This is actually the same as as what's happening in Congress. So Congress is debating right now, this bill um, about this piece of legislation that would ban TikTok. And don't get me wrong, I'm completely in favor of banning TikTok. I was one of the first people to suggest that this was necessary. The bill itself that Congress is debating absolutely sucks. It's essentially a Patriot Act all over again. It it's it's a, an invasion of privacy and a power grab by the federal government the likes that we've almost never seen before in this country. Instead of just saying, hey, this is a bill that hereby bans TikTok because it is an information operation of the Chinese Communist Party and it is owned by an entity tied to the Chinese Communist Party. Therefore, for the security of our nation and our people, we prohibit this this application from being used in the United States. That's all it takes. Literally all it takes, two sentences. Bam, done, you're welcome. Instead what this bill does is it allows the government to seize your phone and to seize your computer and to seize all your data just in this vague name of national security. Well, that sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? This is exactly how the whole intelligence community apparatus, this deep state apparatus, got so out of hand because they gave themselves these broad sweeping powers and they abused it. So I wholeheartedly support banning TikTok, but I do not support this bill, but even so, Often, not often, many of these Republicans who are in favor of this terrible bill don't understand the threat of TikTok. They think TikTok's just addictive. It's not good for children. We should have an age limit, all kinds of silly things. They think, oh, TikTok is harvesting your email address and your birth date so they can sell it to advertisers. That's a violation of privacy. No, 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 no. That is not why TikTok is dangerous. Because honestly, all social media companies do that. Facebook does that. Instagram does that, YouTube does that, Twitter, maybe in pre-Elon Musk days, did that. Social media companies always harvest your personal data and the younger generations don't care about that. Millennials, Gen Z, don't really care if their email address is sold. They probably don't even know. It's something we grew up with. You can make the argument that it's wrong, but I'm just telling you for a fact that young people don't care about that. That is not why TikTok is dangerous. TikTok is dangerous because they create a map of your brain. It's not based on your email address. It's not based on, on what websites you visit because they want to send you a targeted ad. TikTok builds a map of your brain, identifying characteristics like, oh, you're a 14-year-old boy and you're gay, but you haven't told anybody. You feel unloved because you are afraid to tell your parents because they think you might, they, 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 you think they might reject you. You desperately want someone to love you and you're starting to dive online into things that are just a little bit creepy sexually. So what does TikTok do? TikTok will serve that person. This is just an example. TikTok will serve that person a video of Jeffrey Marsh, that guy that we're pretty sure is a pedophile because he pushes this idea on children that they should go no contact with their parents, this non-binary freak that we've talked about on the show. Or maybe they identify, oh, you know what? You're a middle-aged white woman. You're kind of kind of fat, kind of discontented with your life. You want to feel special. You teach in a public school. That's what you do for a living. They make a map of everything about you. And then they say, you know what? This person is right for critical race theory. Let's see if we can get her to confess to white privilege and white complicity and white guilt. Let's see if we can have her buy into this neo-Marxist ideology. The same with queer theory. They think, oh, okay. Well, what are you? You're a 13-year-old girl who... Maybe you were abused by an adult male. You don't, you, you feel uncomfortable in your body. You don't have a father figure around to protect you. And so what do they do? They start serving you videos of Dylan Mulvaney, who's so happy now that Dylan Mulvaney has transitioned genders. This is what TikTok does. It's not data harvesting and data collection. It's manipulation of you. They want to change the way your mind thinks. They want to change your children. This is the danger of TikTok. And if we don't understand that, TikTok is going to continue to groom younger generations that are gonna turn into trans-TIFA. The reason we didn't have trans-TIFA 10 years ago is because we didn't have the widespread apparatus of indoctrination through public school classrooms and through TikTok. The United States Congress can get rid of this with one sentence, one bill, that doesn't also fundamentally violate our privacy and our rights at the same time. Queer theory is so dangerous. It's Marxist, it's revolutionary, it's radical, it's violent. What happened to Billboard Chris will happen to more people if we don't put our foot down and say, stop. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.